0: Hello!
1: She was a level What's up everybody? To welcome welcome to this week's episode of Homemade yeah, to Hunter, Hunter and I took a little break from our summer hiatus to, to record a mailbag you you episode and we thought it would be fun if Ben Golan of RedHeadersports.com joined us. So he's going to help us answer those questions. And uh, here we go. Hey, before we get to the podcast, I just want to do make sure I shout out our sponsor, Prime Residential Mortgage Incorporated. They're the Lending with Passion division of Primary Residential Mortgage Inc. Whether you're buying, refinancing, or taking cash out of your home, PRMI can help. Rates are still near all-time lows, and our mortgage experts can help find the best mortgage solution for you. They can help you with purchasing your dream home, an investment property, a vacation home, whatever you need, they can help you with. They have locations all over the state of Texas, but they complete the entire process online and it's easy and and they just love working with fellow Red Raiders. They can be reached at p r m i raider at primeres.com, through the website at www.lendingwithpassion.com or by phone at 214-736-9466. So get in touch with them for, for any of your needs for anything like that. All right. I'm doing a um special mailbag kind of edition. Hunter asked for questions from various different social media platforms. And I think we got two or three. So we'll take our time answering those two, fill up a podcast and uh, you know, go from there. So Hunter, what's up? It's been a little been a little while. Yeah, it's gone good. And How are you doing? I hope, well, I guess we should introduce our special guest. We have uh, from RedRaiderSports.com, Ben Golan. What's up, guys? He decided to uh, kind of grace us with his presence. He's already been on the official podcast, so it's okay for him to branch out into other Red Raider Sports pro. Uh, I don't know properties, I guess would be the word. So we finally got him booked after a long contract negotiation. So we're ready to go.
0: I heard there were going to be a ton of recruiting questions. So, you know, that's what I'm here for is just to, you know, answer it and, you know, help y'all understand why Texas Tech is recruiting so well. So
1: I just, you could have just ended that with help us understand. So that would have been fine. Um, it is interesting. There were some opinions uh, on RotatorSports.com that Hunter could just do this on his own. So I already got him, I got him started. So me and Ben could log off and he could just, you know, wax lyrical for the next hour and a half about Larry Moore if you wanted to.
2: I think one person said that Mr. Lobster (laughs) 420 suggested I could do that. He also suggested that we could have him and Dick Smiley on a pod. No,
1: I I am, you know, I would love that. I would love (laughs) to have Dick Smiley
2: on here because then it would prove to Taylor that I am not Dick Smiley. Like
1: <laughs> Richard I, Smiley, I, I take pride in the fact that I mow my own lawn, and uh, Richard Smiley is out there on social media telling him people that he mows my lawn, and that is just – that's crossing the line. I, uh, if he's
2: out there listening, he can come on because that would Yeah,
1: work. we are giving him the forum for sure. Okay. Um, the- yeah. So, let's go ahead.
2: Let's get into these questions. Hunter, next you, question. you asked. Yeah, next you go question through. is from Ben Golan, who's here with us. But he said, if I can guarantee you that you go two and two versus the other Texas schools this season, would you take it or let it ride? And then if you could choose the two wins, which way would you go? That is it's a good question. The schools are Houston, Texas, Baylor, all at home. And then at TCU. Um, so, and, I, I mean, I'll I, go
1: first. I would, I would take two and two yeah i would take two and two that's probably the smart thing to do let me ask you this though let me say real quick you know we're gonna be a we're gonna be an underdog in three of them
2: for sure maybe four so i mean that just makes me i mean probably go two and two there all right go on
1: no well my thought is is if houston like that's one is that one that you want like a guaranteed win because they're Houston and you, you want to beat them or are they one that you can let it ride on? And so you're really picking two out of the next three. Cause I I could go either way. I could say like, I don't mind, like I don't like losing to Texas Baylor TCU, but I can't lose to Houston. I could see that, but I could also see like, I'll let that one ride because I think we can beat Houston anyway.
2: Yeah. Um, but, I mean, we have to pick two – in this hypothetical, that we have to pick two, right, two wins, and then if we don't pick them, the other two are losses. Well,
1: I guess I, I, guess I mean – yeah, I guess I mean don't go with two and two. Like, you're basically uh, okay. saying, like, will you go one and three, essentially, or could you go three and one – no, two and one or one and two with the other two, basically letting the Houston game ride. Because to me, I think we can beat Houston. And so then, I don't know if, like, I don't know if going one and two against Texas, Baylor, and TCU, I don't know if, if that's good enough for me. I think I might let it ride.
2: Well, I'm going to choose to answer the question that he's asking. I don't know what you're talking about. He's he's asking us to pick the two wins. Since I've
1: decided, I'll well, no, it's two. a two part question. The first one is, would you take two and two or let it ride? I'm saying I'm, I'm letting it. I'm saying okay. I'm letting it ride because I think we can beat Houston. Okay. I hear you. All right.
2: Yeah. Um, I, as much as it, I probably would pick Texas and Baylor in that would, it would suck to lose to U of H, but there it's early in the season, so you can kind of forget about it. It's also a non-conference game. And I, I mean, it'd be nice to have a a winning conference record for once and beat Texas and Baylor at home. So that's probably what I'd pick Texas and Baylor lose the
0: other two.
1: Yeah. Uh, if I just go off pure, like how satisfied will I be with a win? Texas and Baylor are are the ones, and I think being at home is important too. So,
2: then where yeah. are you at on that?
0: Uh, I you know I'd probably take the two and two, um, but and yeah, if I could choose the two wins, Texas and Baylor, because conference win is more important. As much as it would suck to lose to Houston and TCU, who I don't think is going to be any good. I think the two most impressive wins and conference wins and they're at home. So all those add up and I would, that's what I would choose. But yeah, I think it's it's a
2: tough question. I'm sure there'd be a lot of Baylor tears too. Yeah.
0: They're they're pretty mad about
1: Joey. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's so great.
0: And Nance and Blanchard and just on and on it goes.
1: Do y'all think there's anything to like, would it be important to beat TCU in the sense that, you know, Maguire and dykes get hired in the same cycle we're, we're we're you know we're competing with them on a bunch of recruits do you want is it would it be good to go ahead and you know beat tcu beat sunny dykes show Maguire's superiority early or does it not like does that not factor it in would, which two? it would
2: be but you can only pick two of these i, mean, I know yeah, i i, I just keep going
1: through which two would be more beneficial going Plus, forward
2: from a from a fan like one of the, the funnest wins that I can recall being at was 2012 at uh, TCU being like winning. There's a lot of fun. Yeah. Then there was another, we won on that like a
0: field goal. Yes. That one that was, was fun, but that,
2: that 2012 overtime win was, is up there.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. 16, 16 was Mahomes and a double overtime and then 18 was the jet Duffy game where no one could yeah. score. And uh, I was at the 16 and 18 ones. I wasn't at the 12, but yeah, that was a fun game for sure. The
2: 2012 one in our little section, yeah. Happiness of Sunday took a chain, the chain gang, and he came and like raised it up in front of the tech section. That was just like a legendary moment for Happiness of Sunday. What a great Red Raider! Yeah. Um, all right, next next. This isn't a question. It's just a comment. Jay Bachum, these are great. Thanks for the content. All right, appreciate it.
1: Yeah, anytime. Uh, well, not anytime, but.
2: Okay, Cole Allen, I listened to the last episode the last time I worked out. Man, am I getting fat? Another (laughs) non-question. Here's one from Coffee Raider. What first-time head coach problems slash weaknesses is Joey Mack going to be most likely to struggle with? And then which ones is he likely going to not have due to his unique abilities?
1: I think this is a pretty tough question. what what, what are the what
2: are some first-time head coach problems and weaknesses just like in general
1: I mean you go to your typical ones like I don't know how he's going to handle fourth down decisions like I don't know if he's going to have an analytics guy or if he's going to go by gut or if he's going to you like take in the analytics and then go by gut. I don't know what he's going to do uh you know kick a field goal go for two like there's There's the just points in the game. Do I decline this penalty? Do I accept it? Those kinds of things. Um, But then there's also the, you know, less tangible side. How do I motivate these guys? What if something goes wrong? How do I make sure we don't go spiraling? Um, Those are kind of the things that immediately come to mind. I'm sure I'm forgetting some.
2: Yeah. Um, I guess just because it's been a while since he's um, made those you know, fourth down, kick or punt, field goal or go for it type decisions. Uh, that's that's probably one. But but I don't. I mean, I don't know if he's likely to struggle with it. I mean, we
1: weren't. <laughs> we we weren't operating at a high level there, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, you no. Know, one before. thing. I agree with you, and I think that's one of the things he's not going to struggle with because of his unique abilities. Is like, he is completely sold on his way of doing things. Which is good. Like you're not like he's going to do it his way. There's not going to be any second guessing. The thing that drove us, and that's about Wells, is sometimes he was aggressive, sometimes he wasn't, and so he basically like always lost on the numbers because he wasn't consistent with whatever he did. I think McGuire will be consistent because he only knows one way. Yeah, and I think a lot of first-time head coaches,
2: the pr- problem they have is their team isn't any good. Because yeah. like otherwise, why are they? Why are they there? I mean, I, you know, there's some schools that their guy leaves, maybe OU, you know, going to USC is an example. But most first-time head coaches are there for a reason. So so that reason is probably going to be a, an issue for him yeah. in terms of us, like, having – for the most part, you know, we're not going to – I mean, uh, we'll talk about it some, but our schedule is not it's, – it's not favorable. You know yeah. I mean? Um, so that's – I guess that's what I would say. I mean, his, him having a bad team <laughs> could be a problem or a weakness – uh, for, for Joey uh, yeah and with, yeah what's he not going to have God, yeah I don't I,
1: think, I, I mean don't I think that. I think it's it's almost like I think you could look at coaching almost like a muscle like there's certain things he just hasn't worked out in a while because he hasn't been making those decisions on the sideline like he hasn't had you know, the ultimate decisions coming down to him. So there might be some clock management issues, but again, these are things you can say with almost every coach. There might be some clock management issues. There might be some fourth down issues. Um, you know, there might be penalty issues there. The one thing that I thought of though, is a lot of times first year guys are trying to in, in, you know, get their culture, culture installed overall. Like that's the most important thing. This is how we do things. And if there's one thing that we've learned is he does that, it seems like better than anybody. And so I don't know if you'll have, you know, these problems that you associate with young first time head coaches where their teams are undisciplined, you know, or they, you know, they, they start playing for themselves instead of the the goal of the team. I don't think a a Joey McGuire coach team is going to necessarily struggle with that
0: yeah I mean if you if you watch the brand you'll see how much he just pushes that and and the culture and just having the team buy in Um, that and just he surrounded himself with a very good staff which I think is going to help him Um, guys who have been around good coaches and really good coordinators too so uh, you know we never know as far as like timeout usage and fourth down decisions but I mean, I, shout out to my good friend Judd. Everyone knows him, GCRR fan, and we were texting, and, and he said sometime this year uh, McGuire is going to make a decision that's going to cost Tech a game, and then everyone is going to go at him. It's this is true. It's probably going to happen. We don't know what it's going to be, but but odds are that McGuire will cost Tech a game. I just you know I, I think he, he's going to be a great coach here. You know, first year we'll see, but um, I don't know which problems is he going to struggle with. Uh, uh, Taylor, you were a coach. Well, you you said
2: – you mentioned the coaches. I think um, having first-year, you know, coordinators is probably a week – something that a first-year coach has to deal with. Because, you know, for the most part, I mean, returning a coordinator, having, like, continuity is, is generally good. And so we're kind of back to square one just in terms of, you know, defensively and offense. I mean, um, you know, uh, Killy had – kind of a unique situation at Western Kentucky with his quarterback and all those receivers. Um, it may not be as smooth of a transition for us. We shall. And, and again, it's like the, the, the thing that I, that's tough about our schedule is it comes at you so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so like things can get, like get out of hand for us if we're not, you know, if we're not playing well early, which is going to be a tough thing. Tough
1: that's, that's the answer. The your 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 what you said made me realize what the answer to that question is. What he's going to struggle with is if things get out of hand, like if things go poorly against NC State and then Houston, U sorry, U of H, then it's like if, if those things go poorly, you can't close up shop, like you still have your Big 12 schedule, and so that's going to be one of the most interesting things. And and I, I don't know, personally, I think he's going to be good at it because of just what we've seen. Ben mentioned the brand, but just what we know of him. But getting those guys to go out again and again, if if his practices and his culture, if they don't produce immediate results, getting the guys to continue buying in without the results immediately is going to be difficult.
0: One, one thing I think helps him there is he was a part of both Rule and Aranda, Rule winning one game his first yeah. year, Aranda <laughs> winning two games. So he has yeah. that to point to, <laughs> you know, if yeah. Tech starts losing, hey, guys, I've been here before. Look, yeah. we did, look what we did the next year. So I think that could help him.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. He's seen some,
0: some shit shows. I mean, I think they lost to UTSA. They and lost Liberty.
1: To,
2: they yeah. lost to us a couple times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Next, next, one, uh, DWDJR asks us to. This is list your best guess as to how the Big Twelve finishes one through ten, which is extremely it's tough. tough. Um, I mean, I and I'll just say from from like a winning the conference standpoint, it's Oklahoma and UT are like in a tier of their own, and then Baylor Baylor is kind of in its own tier below them, and then the next tier is kind of is Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Kansas State. And then there's a big drop off tech and TCU and then another big drop off West Virginia. And then Kansas is somewhere in the abyss. Uh, right. And I mean, I, I don't necessarily disagree with, with that. I mean, I think the two most talented teams on paper at the top and Texas has um, the, the, in my opinion, the only reason <laughs> Oklahoma has a little bit better odds than, than Texas. And this is just from looking at lines of games that are out is um Oklahoma gets uh, Oklahoma State at home, whereas Texas goes on the road to Oklahoma State, and then they play each other neutral site, which is inherently unfair every year. Um, so I think OU might have like maybe a little bit of an easier schedule, and and otherwise they would probably probably just neck and neck because UT is actually like a one point favorite against OU uh, neutral site. Um, so I I, I I can't disagree with the way those with the way those odds are listed.
1: The only thing. I... it's so hard to buy into the UT stuff again. Like I get they're the most talented, but they have been like, I would almost put like, if I were just going to guess the standings, I would go OU, Oklahoma state, Baylor, then Texas. That would kind of be my immediate thought. Should Texas finish below Oklahoma state and Baylor? No, but what in their recent history says they won't.
2: Yeah, I think I'd say they haven't. I think maybe people thought they were as talented as anybody, but then they haven't been.
1: I mean, like when you look at I guess that's true. NFL
2: players, like it turns out they actually weren't that talented. Yeah, they, their but,
1: recruiting rankings yeah. didn't really add up to yeah. yeah. that's a good point. But I mean they're they're, they're,
2: they're they got a lot of weapons, man. They got yeah. they got a serious transfer ball. Um and who knows, like okay, quarterback, but um they certainly, just like they always do, you know, like you said, they, they look pretty scary on paper, maybe have the best player in the, in the country, and he drives a Lamborghini.
1: <laughs> and now, the quarterback all, drives an Aston Martin. All,
0: all I know is that somehow Spencer Sanders is going to be the worst quarterback every Saturday, and they're going to somehow win 10 games like they do every year.
1: <laughs> yeah, huh?
0: yeah. Texas, they're an interesting one. I just, I mean, like you guys said, the talent, and they're just so inconsistent. And Oklahoma, I mean, I was a really big Jeff Levy fan. I think he's going to do really well up there. I just, it's year one, so who knows? Um, A lot of people are, like, on Twitter, they're high on Kansas State. I don't really know if I see that one, but maybe I'm just a hater. I don't know.
1: I think it's one of those deals where they're always so consistent and nobody really knows – how the like there's a lot of unknown in the big 12 but kansas state is always kansas state and so they're gonna be up there is kind of the way i i feel about them um the thing about oklahoma state that were that would worry me if i was an oklahoma state fan is there's just no way that defense is as good as it was last year like lost their no dc to, yeah, yeah they lost their dc but like defense is weird from year to year you it's not really something that you can I don't know. It's a lot more – there's a lot more variable in it than I think people realize. Um, and I just – I don't know. I just can't see – I mean, they were basically, like, a, a historic Big 12 defense. So, like, what are the chances that happens again?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Then you got West
2: Virginia, who's in a terrible spot, a spot we would be in had we not fired our coach. Which Yes. Is, you've got a coach who needs to win, and yet you're, like, looking at the – I mean, imagine right now when we have like our, our win totals four and a half or five, and we if we had wells, I mean, it just would be brutal. And that that is somewhat similar to what West Virginia is in, and they have a maybe even a tougher schedule than we do. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. the crazy part. Yeah, like as bad Neil, as ours
0: is, Neil has a twenty million dollar buyout too. I mean, they're they're just not in a, in a good spot.
2: And they and the thing that's different, different about them different. is that they get good players. They have like really good talent, and then they transfer like. Hmm. I was talking to a West Virginia guy and he's like, why, you know, he's kind of comparing tech and West Virginia. And I think there are some similarities and he's like, why are y'all not you know, having what we're having? I'm like, cause nobody wants our players. You know, y'all have like good guys think like Georgia and Clemson steal them from you. Yeah. You know, we, nobody wants our guys on in our secondary, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, okay. Then another question from DWDJR, what is the win total that would be disappointing for you in the fall?
1: Uh, I think four, four wins would be like pretty difficult for me to take.
2: Yeah, four sucks. Four sucks no matter what. And it's like the cop out is, well, what does it look like? Um, Because you know, I think you know we won six last year, and it's no one ever really
1: had like a warm,
2: fuzzy feeling about that.
1: Well, that's what's weird is I was almost gonna say the opposite. Like that's what last year was one of the most satisfying football seasons.
2: Probably the the ending for sure. The ending.
1: Yeah. I mean, like I can't, I mean, maybe like that's as good as I have felt about the ending of a season since the holiday bowl cliffs first year. Like,
2: (laughs) and I mean, there's just no way I won't be disappointed at five and seven, even, even though I can tell myself that it's likely to happen. It's probably the most like like five and seven is probably the most likely result where with, you know, four wins and six wins, not that far away, but five being the most likely outcome doesn't mean I won't still feel terrible about having a losing record.
0: Yeah. As- Even just making the Liberty bowl or uh, what was the bowl, Birmingham bowl. It, like, it just makes such a difference. Even if you don't care about the game, it doesn't matter. Just yes. getting that sixth win. Um, but, you know, it's tough, tough
1: schedule as you guys have mentioned. So the, I guess I should rephrase like I, yeah, five and seven is not, is a disappointment, but I guess I've, i more viewed the question as like a failure, like five and seven would be disappointing Four wins feels like a failure. I don't know if if that distinction makes sense, but uh, I, because I, you know, I, I was saying the other day on the radio, they were doing like big 12 teams, big 12 players, most likely to blank. And they asked me, you know, what what will Texas Tech's most likely to award be? And I was you know, I was thinking Texas Tech is going to be the team like most likely to be annoying because I think we're going to I think the offense is going to cause some problems for people. I think the defense is going to like be really aggressive and play hard. Um, And so I, I could see us like competing in every game, but. You know, games just not going our way ultimately due to lack of talent or experience or whatever. Um, But I don't know. I, like Hunter said, it's kind of a cop out to say what it looks like, but five and seven would be disappointing. Four wins would kind of feel like a failure. And what's get to six wins, and I am ecstatic.
2: What's, I guess, going back to last year, what was frustrating about it or what caused me to not have, you know, a warm and fuzzy feeling is how um, we would generally play like, a bottom 25 team or or like a top 40 team like there was really <laughs> there wasn't a ton of in between
1: yeah
2: um you know i like you play tcu in texas and you're just absolutely terrible or yeah. then you go on the road to morgantown you don't have your quarterback you don't have as a comma you lose like every defensive back and you win yeah and then you beat iowa state at home and then you just beat the shit
0: out of mississippi
2: state and well that's like well that's barely, barely that's,
0: used to in waco yeah
2: yeah well you well that's frustrating to like to watch that play out over a season it is a that playing like that is conducive to winning a lot of games relative to like your expectations because if you're a um, if you're like the 70th best team in the country but six games you play like the 40th best and the other six you're the worst in the country you're probably going to win like six games yeah. whereas if you just play like you're like the 70th best every time <laughs> you, you might win like three games right and so I, so like we could play kind of, I could think to myself, okay, we played well every, every day you know, or, or every game. We, we at least gave ourselves a chance to win and we could win four games <laughs> or we could just not show up like we did last year, half the time. And then, and end up squirreling around and winning six games. So it's just, uh, that's what's, you know, college football is so weird. Cause you play 12 times. It's just a what?
1: Tough, tough sport to bet on. Let me tough ask sport. you this. What, what would make you feel better?
2: Well, there's a lot. I mean, uh, That's that's what's somewhat exciting to me about the season is because it's McGuire's first year and he's doing so well in terms of from a long term outlook right now that like if you win six games, I mean, it's going to be like through the roof excitement, which shouldn't be. I mean, winning six games isn't that difficult. (laughs) Yeah. Or if you win seven games, I mean, if it it won't be that hard, I guess what I'm saying is it won't be that hard for him to have literally the best season in like 10 years at Tech first year. Yeah, that's that is not out of the question. Yeah. So that's that's what's kind of exciting.
1: I mean, I can only and Ben, you could probably speak to this some, but like as as well as recruiting is seeming to go right now, like as long as like the wheels don't fall off in the fall, it seems like it's on a pretty good trajectory. And so I can only imagine what like a seven win season would do.
0: Yeah, recruiting is going very well. As everyone knows, I don't need to sit here and talk about it. And even if like some guys are going to visit other schools and you may lose a couple, I bet you will. They have like a whole list of guys who are visiting as like other options to you know replace them, which is something we just haven't seen. So like Hunter said, the long term building here is is really exciting.
1: I really liked how in that athletic article they did on Calvin Simpson Hunt. I really appreciate McGuire's approach with him being like, go look around. Yeah. Like, this is what, that's what this experience is for. And I, and I always appreciated that. Or I always was, I hoped that coaches were that way. Because that is what the experience is about. Because it almost seems like McGuire is saying, you know, we know what we can provide here at Tech. We know we have a, a good thing going. So go find out how good we are, almost. All right. All right.
2: The next one is from the loop. Um, he's got a couple questions and then a, a suggestion. His first one is to bring GCRR fan on as a guest, which is actually a, a great idea. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure if we could do that. And really, I don't even know if it'd be worth doing because um, they have those Red Ritter sports meetups. I went to uh, where he like kind of hosts them and talks. I, I think I've been to two now and those are just like outstanding. Cause it's just nothing but inside info that you don't get anywhere. And, you know like it would almost be kind of a uh, letdown to have him on here and because I know he wouldn't be able to you know say the same things that he does at those um, but still would be a good idea because he is good buddies with uh, Joey Mcguire. his first one is he wants Ben going to talk about the potential of Larry Moore on the defensive line and I'll stop and say this I I have a thing where number one I'm it frustrates me when we when high school assignees are busts because it's just such a frequent occurrence. And I'm not trying to pick on Larry Moore. Um, but you know, he's a guy that's on our offensive line, which is an area of weakness and we move him away from the offensive line, which is a strong indicator that there's something wrong there in terms of his p- potential outcome of playing in a big 12 game. And so that's, that causes me to constantly, I ask about him a lot. And just in the history of like guys that move from one side of the ball to the other, You know, you've got like your DJ Polite Bray, your Xavier Martins, um, just just guys who didn't necessarily um, have the kind of careers that maybe we hoped they would have. And I'm worried about Mr. Moore. I think he's headed down that path. So, Ben, you don't have to answer that because I know he's he knows that that's my kind of a bit that I have
0: talking about Larry
2: Moore I'm going to continue well, uh, to talk about Larry
0: Moore. unfortunately for for Mr. Moore tech added vital Scott from Arkansas State to D tackle so you know maybe some of those snaps are going to to Scott who's played a lot and, and I'm kind of you know, speaking a of the rotation player
2: I'm just going to say I'm a little worried I mean I'm I understand why we're adding these guys on our interior I've watched the spring game the first half I've watched the brand and I'll stop I'll see like you know tiny little clips and it's an interior defensive lineman and I'll look up And it's like a guy that we've already processed. It's like some number who's not even on our roster anymore. Like number 79 or something is playing a lot. Blake Burris is playing a lot. And it's like I'm worried. (laughs) It makes me worried when I watch the spring game and there's guys playing. And I know it's a spring game. And this is why we're adding guys, right? But uh, it it doesn't give me good vibes to know that we're playing guys in the spring who we ultimately process
1: a couple weeks later.
2: But anyways. The thing that I always
1: remember – like i forget that guys like with all of your doom texting about larry moore and blake burris i always forget that we have tyree wilson which i know defensive line is different they can't play every snap but tyree wilson tony bradford uh, Jalen hutchins like there there are good players philip leading yeah like there are good players there Miles, Miles Cole too. Don't forget about Miles Cole. We just need we need like a few snap eaters, guys who will go out there and won't get embarrassed. Larry Moore, we've I mean, you've sent plenty of pictures of Larry Moore. Like he's a a big amount of Larry Moore pictures in our text, and he looks like a guy who could go out there and be a defensive lineman for a few snaps. Cosplay as a defensive lineman. Is
2: is Miles Cole on campus yet?
1: Yeah, yeah, he's He's there. Oh, for okay. some reason, I thought he was like a June-July guy. That's good. No, Elijah
0: Fisher's a July guy. Different sport. That's right. The vital, vital Scott? He's oh. here, too.
2: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Ready to yeah. roll. A little better. Um, because it's only freaks like Tyree Wilson can just show up and play. I, mean, I remember he showed He got in t- August. And yeah. Eight days later, he had a sack and against UT. I mean, that guy's <laughs> just a freak. He's yeah. awesome. Um, all right. Overall progress slash lack of. On the offensive line and defensive line, including schematic and personnel changes, addition impacts. To me, uh, this is hard
1: to answer personnel-wise because I've never seen Cade Briggs play. I know. To be totally honest with you, uh, the guy from Oklahoma State, who I'm blanking on his name, Monroe Mills, he never played. You know, so yeah. um, Buchanan at USC. Yeah, he's he never played. So Ethan Card yeah unfortunately sometimes we saw him uh he worries me to be totally i don't mean to you know be rude to ethan card here but like it seemed like when he played things not they weren't going great but what's weird is i say that and i hate but like some i feel like he's a big swing big miss guy like it seemed like he was either playing excellent a snap and then the next snap he wasn't out of his stance and our quarterback was getting killed but anyway um I've watched a bunch of Western Kentucky offensive line snaps. They knew they know how to play. And so at the very least, the guys will be in positions to block and like to pass block, to run block. They, they'll know the play. Those guys communicated really well. They passed off uh, stunts and blitzes and all kinds of stuff, stuff we haven't seen here in a few years. And so scheme-wise, we'll be fine. Uh, it's the – I can't speak offensively. I can't speak to the to the new guys, though.
0: Yeah, like like you said, I think, you know, Kitley and, and Hamby can scheme around some of the deficiencies and, and help the O-line look better. Even Cliff's, you know, last few years, the O-line didn't give up any sacks. Those, those lines weren't great. And then you had, like, the DeAndre Washington years where he's just running for six yards of carry and going nuts. So, yeah, I hopes. mean, yeah, yeah you can – I mean, sure.
2: that's Mahomes, but I, I think I'm confident, you know, in Kitley's, if we can't block, there's things you can do. I, I know it sounds crazy, but if you can't block people, you, there's still things you can do. And uh, a lot of it is the dreaded horizontal passing um, game. And I don't know if you've heard, you know, it's almost seems like Joey has talked about that and ha- like us doing that, throwing the quick, you know, hitters to the receivers that we just majored in under Yost. And he's almost, the way he talks about it, his tone is almost apologetic. Like we're going to be doing this, but I, but I promise you, you know, the only way we're going to be doing is if we're the toughest blocking on the perimeter team in the country. He's like, that's the only way, that's the only way I've I've told Kitley, if we're going to call those run plays, then we've got to be the most physical, you know? So I, I under, I like that because I think we can all kind of relate to those being somewhat frustrating to, to rely on yeah. but if you are but if like if that's joey's standard which you know is we've got these massive receivers that all look alike and can't get open but they can block if that's what we you know if that's a strength for us and we can do it that way then it makes sense to do it and you don't necessarily have to be able to block
1: anyone up front to do that yeah so and and that is speaking of watching the western kentucky line if you've watched any western kentucky offense you've and, and honestly if you watch tech under cliff because you see a lot of Kitley in that he's very good at scheme. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to get a guy open quick. He knows how to get the guys who need the ball. He knows how to get them the ball. And so I'm not, it's not like, I'm not worried about Kitley finding ways to run a, an offense that works is I'm just not.
2: The next one we're still in. The loops questions. How likely do you both think we will be bowl eligible? And we've kind of talked about that. I mean, I think it's a 50 50 50 50 proposition. That will be, yeah, that's
1: an annoying answer, but I agree. I do want to his last We never touched on D line on his last one. We talked a little bit with Larry Moore. Um, but I do, I do think that uh, DeRooter is a lot like Kitley in the sense that he schemes wins. And I think we'll see more of that. Like, if we need to run a a four-man front or an even front, we'll run an even front. If we can run an odd-man front, we'll run an odd. If we we'll do whatever. Like his defensive at Oregon, we're doing all kinds of stuff, and I think you'll see that here. that, That you'll scheme more wins. So I just wanted to touch on that. And then also,
2: I got the sense Ben can Ben probably knows more than me. But true or false, Ben was is there a sense from the current staff that? the prior staff was not using Tyree Wilson in a way that kind of maximized his abilities.
0: Yeah. I expect him to, to be used, you know, more on the edge. Right. right. And like Taylor said, get in those one-on-one matchups. And I mean, last time we saw him versus Mississippi state, he was just a monster. So I think, you know, you look at that tape and and what they did in that game, you know, to get him in all those matchups and you can build off that. So that's a schematic change that I think we'll see is him
2: standing up, which will be a – I mean, that's a an, an imposing guy to have. I mean, that's yeah. like
1: the Marcus Ware-looking uh, guy. And, uh, What's I think funny, I heard... all those guys who are playing that position, I can't even remember what it's called, that stand-up end, those are like all my favorite players on the defense, <laughs> like in that position group. Robert Wooden, Josiah Pierre, Tyree yeah. Wilson. Like there'll be more. These, there'll, there'll be more. All these guys who I think can play – our zoom session ran out just about here. And so I had to stop it and restart a new one, but I think you got the point. I'm really excited about this group of pass rushers. So uh, when we come back, Hunter's moving on to the next question.
2: And the last one from the loop impact to recruiting cycles is don't make it the coming season. Yes. I mean,
0: we talked a little bit about this earlier. I, I don't, think it's going to make a huge difference um obviously you want to see wins and it helps with recruiting momentum but these guys are coming because they want to build a program they know it's you know it might not
1: happen year one so let me ask you this ben what would be more would a non-bowl losing season be more of a negative impact or would a like seven win season be more of a positive impact like which one would sway recruiting more do you think Oh, probably
0: the positive, probably the winning uh, would maybe get some guys, you know, who uh, guys like Avion Carter or Colton Vasek, who you're competing with the big dogs against um, that, you know, coming in here and immediately winning uh, would show those guys, you know, just what McGuire's built building and built and the assistance and all that. But the guys that they have, I mean, a ton of them are locked in. I mean, and it starts with the quarterback, you know, Jake Strong and, He's done a really good job recruiting others. So, you know, credit to him.
2: Next one's from Cole Allen. Who will be our go to receiver this year? Is it a Miles Price versus the field
1: type of question? I it think it does it's, feel like that, right? Yeah. Like it's either Miles Price or somebody we're not
2: talking about. And maybe it just can depend on your definition of go to, because I think Miles Price might be. Like our leading receiver, most explosive, but I mean, would if our you know for talking about third and six, it might be a Brady Boyd. Even
1: um, I'm not sure who would be in that situation. But. It almost feels like Miles Price is going to lead the team in catches unless he's hurt. But there might be a, an ex like um, I don't know Loic Fungi or Jerron. Yeah. I always say his name wrong, Jerron. Is it Jaron Bradley? Yeah. Uh, uh, Trey Cleveland, those kind of guys might provide that, those like a couple of explosive plays. But Price is going to be the guy who gets those horizontal passing game stuff we were talking about, uh, who'll get the jet sweeps. Um, Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out for sure. I don't really know what to make of Brady Boyd. Maybe y'all have a better read on that. I, I don't know where to set my expectation level for him.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I like Boyd. He was fairly highly recruited. He can play both outside and in. He's a really athletic guy. If you look at his testing numbers, he's like a four-four guy, you know. Um, And you mentioned uh, Cleveland, Bradley, Fungi. I mean, Sparkman's in that group too. Sparkman, yes. You you just need you need you know one of those one or two of those guys to just step up, Um, but. Look at Western Kentucky last year. Jarrett Stearns caught 150 passes for 1,900 yards. So I mean, that, I mean, Miles Price is playing that slot position. So I, I, like you guys said, I think that's the answer. Or a guy like Xavier White, who I think could be a sneaky guy. You know, to to you know maybe get up there. Also, um, he's in the slot now too.
1: Could we finally get the Chad Townsend breakout I've been calling for for two years from the slot? I hope so.
2: And and did you say Xavier White? I mean, he's been around. He'll probably um, factor in. Uh, Oh, for sure. What's what's frustrating is to me is we've got receivers should be the position that Tech can get talent in, almost like regardless of staff, just based on history, the state we're in, how many receivers there are. Um, And yet all of our receivers look alike. And, like, they're the exact same type build. We have kind of no, like, variety there. And it's concerning that, you know, our staff has had to, like, spend the time to try to go find another receiver. I think there was, like, a, a JUCO guy we may have ultimately passed on. But um, that, that is frustrating to me. I mean, it, I think you could almost, just like, take a staff at Tech and, and just say, all right, after a couple of years, if you don't have, like, legitimate guys at receiver, you're you, you just move on from that staff. Because if you can't, like, get it done – from like a talent acquisition standpoint at receiver, and really, I think you can throw quarterback in there too. You're not gonna you're not gonna do it elsewhere. You're definitely not gonna get pass rushers, you know, or cover guys if you can't get legitimate receivers.
1: Doesn't it seem like Wells got the guys he wanted at receiver? He just wanted well, these big, guys, like big, well, not lumbering, but not twitchy I guess, guys.
0: I, but I think the talent is there.
1: They just have
0: been behind. Eric Isakama and Kalen Geiger. And, you know, whoever, who, the years, TJ Vasher. I mean, look at these guys, like, Loic Fungi was a guy that Texas wanted. Jerron Bradley was a guy that, you know, there were whispers that Oklahoma wanted him. Baylor wanted him. Like, these guys are very talented, and now they just got to do it. But I I, I actually have last year's stats pulled up. Miles Price is the leading returning receiver. Do you guys know who the second is?
1: Returning? Uh, is it? Uh, I, mean, I I can't even think of returning. Is it Bradley? No.
0: I, it's uh, well. So Xavier White caught Oh, 18, oh 18, that was gonna be my 18, guess. Eighteen passes, and They're then Trey, Trey Cleveland caught eleven passes. That's and then Luke Fungi eight, Sparkman seven, Sirajic Thompson six, Tajberg six. So not a lot of returning production. John Bradley had five catches for ninety nine yards. Most of that in the bowl game.
1: I do agree with – th- I agree with Ben. I do think the talent is there because, like, Bradley was highly touted. He played for a really good Soto team. Uh, Sparkman has just looked like an animal. And I think that people who have heard McGuire talk, McGuire mentioned Sparkman. I've seen that posted on the board. Like, I talked to, a, you know, McGuire, and he said, watch out for J.J. Spark." Like, I've heard a couple of people – I've seen a couple of people post that. Um and I also think receiver is the easiest to plug and play. Uh, and so I, I'm not, I'm not worried that these guys aren't proven. It would be nice, but I'm not worried about it. So, and again, I think Kidley can scheme as well as anybody. So.
2: All right. Last question from Adam Rosen. Um, tell me why from an analytics standpoint, trading out our high athleticism rim rattling roster for a group of shooters is the right move for tech basketball overall my concern is diminishing our defense for what might be marginal offense returns overall. And then he goes into detail and kind of provides some, some data that kind of supports his opinion that maybe what we're trading is not an overall positive. And I think, I mean, this is uh, probably just, you know, like the theme of the, of this new team in general uh, is that we do, we are kind of seemingly somewhat, you know, trading um, seven different, Davion Warren and Adonis Arms for um, their better shooting, less athletic equivalent. And I mean, to me, so to me, if you, if you do an equal trade, like say uh, just for example, we gave up 0.8 points per possession last year and we scored 0.9. So we had a net of 0.1, you know, uh, better per possession. Uh, And, but next year we allow 0.9 and are scoring one, the difference, the net is the same. You know, you're scoring still on average per possession 0.1 points more um, you're, but you're allowing more and you're scoring more. Uh, I, it, in my opinion, I think you are more likely to lose to worse teams if you're allowing more points and relying on, you know, offense more, but you're also, but at the same time, you're going to be more likely to be a better team. Um, so to me, that that's just like what jumps out to me at, at initially when thinking about that, but at the same time, it's hard to, can think that I, I, I do we know for sure that it doesn't matter who Mark Adams rolls out there that we're not going to play good, good defense. I mean, like I, to, I know it's, it's crazy. It sounds like, I think that's a legitimate question. Like it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the personnel is. I mean, you look at the last couple teams we've had um, like the one we played with uh, McClung. I mean, that was a really small team uh, or like the one with Clark and Holyfield. I mean, that, that had no bigs whatsoever uh, and was very young. And yet we still played really, really good defense. And so I don't know, you know, to me it's like I I see what he's saying. And, like, yeah, you take Mark Adams out, and it's like a really legitimate question. But um, I just don't know that we are ever going to play bad defense with Mark Adams. It doesn't doesn't matter what we roll out. And at the same time, yes, we are adding shooters, but they're all pretty – we've got good
1: size. I mean, it's not like they're just a bunch of slow-footed white dudes. I mean – Didn't you say you were – perusing the North Carolina message boards and they posed that same question about, does it matter who Texas Tech actually plays their defense? Well, they were, I guess, what what were they, who was that? That was in relation to Meyer. Yeah. When we were recruiting
2: Matthew Meyer, uh, someone was like, you know, they're comparing what playing time we might have and, People are like, well, didn't they lose everybody? And then another person's like, yeah, but they got this for. They did that last year. You know, it doesn't matter what Tech has. They're all just. They're gonna play. They're gonna be the best defense in the country. It doesn't matter. You know, that was that was the general opinion of North Carolina fans, which I thought was kind of funny. That, uh, that just, we're just a little little Tech and these blue blood teams who's playing in the national championships is just conceding that we could put out. You know, me, you, and Ben, and and probably be able to shut them down for at least a half or something. <laughs> But that's a good question. I mean, we'll probably, like I said, we we may have an entire, you know, um, podcast as we get closer to basketball season talking about um, the difference between what we've got and what we had last year and and what we've got coming in. Because, I mean, it's a – and I'll post it about it, but I think it's worth, like, talking about is it's not – like, last year I thought – I was like, we're going to be able to have a decent chance of being a good shooting team. We had a lot of, like, average shooters – uh in their careers and i just thought like surely you know we we can get hot one or two we'll have a a good season and it none of them did really and then the one guy that we had that was a proven shooter a banner underachieved i guess you know from his standpoint Uh, but this year is a little different i mean these are we have multiple legitimate shooters like bona fide these guys they have seasons where if that season happened at tech it would be, like, the best shooting season in Tech history. So, I mean, like, that that part, like, is staggering. And uh, and I'm assuming we're going to get Kerwin Walton, the North Carolina transfer, who um, in his – didn't play much last year, but his freshman year when he set the record at North Carolina for most threes in a season. I mean, he was a top ten shooter in the country that year. And, like, a couple spots below him was Kevin O'Bannon. So, you've got arguably the two best – you know, two of the best shooters in the country from that year on, on one team. And they're two years older. I mean, that, And then you throw in, like, Damarian Williams, who was at Gardner-Webb, who took 200 jump shots, which is insane. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're making them or not. If you're taking 200 jump shots on a college team, you can shoot, like, period. And So you, you throw him in there, and, it, and he was making them. It wasn't like he was missing them. Um, so you've got another one, and you kind of got a slew of freshmen that could, you know, odds are you'll get a good shooting season from at least one of them. Um, it, it's an interesting kind of group to put together with Steve Green, who was at South Plains, who seems to be um, – have a long history of leveraging teams that can shoot well. And then you've got Mark Adams, who's just like, doesn't matter what's going on, we're going to play good defense. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm torn because I, I, I think people – we were good last year. I mean, we really were. It, we were a problem. We couldn't make a jump shot, and we still were a problem. And so, the, you know, uh, it. I just want well, – I think there's a chance we can have a lot of those characteristics
1: – but make shots at the same time. I mean, personally and aesthetically, I'll take a better offensive team. I mean, like, and I, and I agree. I I feel like we almost have a better chance. Like I didn't even know your numbers, but it does feel like when you get to games in the tournament games, you need to win it's easier to win offensively than it is defensively because just these these players are, are good. Like even if you play perfect defense, they can still make shots. And so, I mean, I, I think we saw that with Bancaro against Duke and not even not only Bancaro, a couple of those Duke guys, they were just really good players and we couldn't score with them. It didn't matter what defense we played. They were like, they were going to score. Uh, and so I, I, I would like to see, um, you know, a team play a little better offensively. And the question to me, and y'all can speak better to this than I can, you know, it's a, and I know he doesn't mean it this way, but when you say basically trading, yeah, McCuller left, but like Arms and Bryson, we didn't have, it's not like we pushed them out, like we couldn't keep them, like we didn't want to trade them. And so could we even have found another Arms, another Bryson, even if we wanted to?
0: Well, you couldn't find another Bryson because he was one of the best bigs in the country. Um, but no, it's a really good question uh, by Rosen, uh, a Rosen here, because it's one of th- I've thought of because um, I just remember looking at like UT boards last year and they were all complaining how their team was not athletic and that, that was their big complaint last year. And so they think bringing all, you know, their five star freshmen. in a fix that but I think Mark Adams just went after the best players like Davion Harmon was a guy who was I don't know if he was all if he was all conference at OU but he probably should have been he averaged like 13-3 on really good efficiency and then Demarion Williams like Hunter just said is a really good shooter AMAC was what the number one center in the portal so maybe you lose some athleticism but I do think that these are you know these guys were the best players, and so uh you know Adams will coach him up defensively i'm not worried about that and you know i'm just you know steve green i think was a really good hire so i'm just curious to see what it looks like but you know i i think it's a, it's a good trade um if you're bringing in better shooters definitely it's and I, yeah I,
2: I mean it's not like we're going to be uh like presbyterian or some like uh look, we're not going to look like montana state you know i, mean, we, I think we're still we're we, athletically we'll still look like a big 12 team now we're not going to we may not be just um have that shock factor which we, we would see at times last year where it seemed like there were you know eight guys on the floor and it didn't matter like what was happening the other team could score um there may not be as many like extended extended periods of that um but at the same time we we kind of had to do that last year because we couldn't score you know we, we had mm-hmm. to kind of speed teams up and, and and get them to turn the ball over and take quick shots or else we weren't going to be able to score. Um, and so it may just be, un, you know, totally unnecessary for us to do that. But again, I think like David Harmon can play defense and he, and he is like an elite kind of like transition guy. Um, and so there's like, he, he is someone that would have fit in perfectly last year. And um, you know, so it's not like, yeah, yeah, I think we'll be able to play, be able to play defense, but uh, will it be the best defense in the country? Maybe not. Maybe the second or third third best. We're just playing good.
1: Yeah. that I'm going to assume, almost like with the receiver question, I'm going to assume we'll be fine at receiver until we aren't. And I'm going to assume a Mark Adams team can play defense until they can't.
2: And I think we'll be able to rebound really well. You know, we, we that was the thing that last year's team did exceptionally well. And, you know, Amac and O'Banner – and even guys like that, you know, Bacho and KJ Allen, I mean, will be plenty fine in, in that regard, which with Beard was a weakness because, you know, Beard wanted to, I think he really hamstrung rebounding and really defense. I mean, as crazy as it sounds, like in order for him to look good by putting so many guards on the floor to make his offense better. Um, and it seems like, you know, Adams is not, isn't, doesn't do that. You know, he wants to try to, like, score in a straight-up way as opposed to playing, you know, lineups where it's Kyler, Mac McClung, Jamarius Burke. you know, playing five guards. with. So, um, yeah, that'll be interesting. And then we're talking about Texas, that's what was so weird about last year's roster for them is they had so many bigs on that team. It just – we were looking at them like, yeah, okay, they have maybe the best team in the country talent-wise, but they're not all going to play. I mean, what's going – like, what is he doing? Beard hates bigs. And to his credit, I, I think this year's team is much more
0: guard-oriented, so that I, I think they'll be
2: much better. But, but.
0: what uh, what what spot is your guys' biggest concern on the basketball team? I know this wasn't part of the question, but I'm just curious because I have my I have my thoughts. Not like Go a ahead. start, just like maybe overall. Probably who?
2: What? What is happening if Harmon isn't playing from like a dribbling standpoint? Yeah, that's you know, a good cause, one. Because I mean, you look at I. Someone was I wanted to do like a deeper dive because there was a lot of discussion about what to expect from our freshmen, and um, like how many minutes might they play. And I mean, it, it's just so it's so rare for a freshman to play in in this conference. And like, look at Tyrese Hunter last year. He's maybe the number one player in the portal, and. I mean, if his numbers, he played a ton, played like 80% of their minutes, his numbers were terrible. And, like, if you just look at his numbers, like, efficiency-wise, yeah. they're terrible. And it's because he's a freshman and having to be relied on in this conference. And it doesn't mean he's bad. And so you you take – so when you're, like, looking at our freshmen, they can be really good basketball players and play a lot and not be very good in terms of efficiency or just not play at all and still be – I mean, uh, you know, you think about – like uh, Keenan Evans played like 35% of his minutes as a freshman on a team where there was nobody any good. I mean, he was like – he's one of the best players. And as a freshman, he still wasn't playing. It's just a tough, tough league. You know, in Texas history, there's only been two guys that have played more than 50% of the minutes as a freshman in the last like 10 or 15 years. And and it's – they both were in, you know, first-round picks in the NBA. And, it, and really, in the Big 12, when you look at the guys who did it, they're all. They're, it's always first-round picks. So Chan and Baylor, Kendall Brown, Tyrese Hunter's might be one. Uh, Jalen Wilson played a lot as a freshman. The um, Kansas guy. I mean, it's just hard to. It's hard to rely on Popeye's if you're going to say like, okay, um, you know, we're going to need another guard that's going to play 25 minutes a game. Um, if it's Popeye's, it, it might be a that might be great. And it also may not be may not look that good. That would be my biggest concern.
1: Yeah. And mine is similar to that in the sense that like, how are you going to handle these talented freshmen in a way that we won't have another Namari Burnett situation? We're going to have
2: that. I I think that's a healthy, it might sound counterintuitive, but I think that's, that's healthy for a good basketball program. Like if you don't have, if you're taking on 12 guys or 13 guys, and by Christmas you haven't had one or two guys quit, (laughs) like, Like it means there there might be something wrong there because it means you didn't get guys that want to play that think they're good enough to play and and then in, then it also means you didn't have guys win roles and like prevent other guys from playing you
1: yeah you know what I mean if,
2: if we if we get to March and we still don't like know who's good enough to be playing and it's like you know that's probably not good whereas yeah in I, the past I, when Kayvon Moore quits it's like because we we were good
1: yeah the you know, Dark Calhoun leaves it's like he was never gonna play yeah and it hasn't burned us yet i just don't want to lose you know like a good player because we just didn't handle it right but like you said ultimately it may not matter
0: yeah i i you know i think getting kerman walton would fix a lot of this but just maybe for me it's just kind of like the bench in general and the wing area there's not a lot of proven guys there um and tech was so good there last year with arms and warren and shannon Um, even though I, you know, I like Jalen Tyson and I think he's going to be good. And I think, you know, uh, you know, Elijah Fisher has a lot of potential, but, you know, just maybe the proven guys and then just, you know, behind O'Banner, uh, you have KJ Allen and and Robert Jennings and that's about it. So I just hope that one of them is ready to step up. Uh, Yeah. I'm interested in, in Tyson. The, the story that kind of came out of,
2: from UT was he kept growing, like in high school, he was a little bit shorter and he was a definitely a guard and a shooter and somehow, you know, between graduating and like getting to Texas, he like grew multiple inches and like kind of slow and, and wasn't the same type of player that he was. And and that was the reason why he couldn't stay on the floor defensively or for, or for whatever reason. And so now, but now it's been a year and he's got, you know, he's been playing basketball in his new, I don't know. What is he now? Like six, eight. I mean, he's, he's a tall dude. I don't know. Um, but I, I'm interested. So that's but at the same time, then I'm hearing like nothing but rave reviews about what he's looked like practicing with us. So, I mean, he's probably going to be a guy we're, we're relying on to play 25, 30 minutes a game. And that's somewhat scary. I mean, cause he hasn't, he hasn't done it and he didn't get to play on a team that if he was, you know, if he, if he was a real guy at UT last year, he probably would have played. I mean,
1: and I, He's hard for me to comp. Like, I don't know who in tech recent basketball history to compare him to. I don't either. And, and that doesn't necessarily scare me, but it's just, it's just makes it, makes it difficult for me to, to kind of see what it's going to look like.
0: Yeah. Yep. No, that's, that's a
1: really good point. Well, anything else? Yeah. I don't know. Was that, I guess that was all the questions, wasn't it? Well, that was, that was, that was pretty good. We got a, we had, we, we burned through a whole zoom session and had to start a new one. So that's usually a good sign. So when are we getting Kerwin Walton then? Is it a done deal? I played
0: the fifth. Hey, do do I get to be included in the little closing music this time?
1: Well, it's, it's not, I mean, yeah, it's going to play, but. It's just going to be, it's going to be the same as always. I I need need my
0: name edited in there is what I'm asking about.
1: If, uh, how about you just, you say your name the way it's sung and I will cut it and I will put it in there, but only if you sing it. I'm not singing. Oh, well, there's nothing I can do for you then, but we will, it will be played. And you, if you want to hear Ben's name, just sing it in your head in spirit, but I don't know when we'll be back. Like I said last time, we kind of do these when we feel like they need to be done. So we'll see. Sounds good. All right. See you guys later. But you All right. walked into the spot Appreciate it. From here, it's potable. These nerds nerd out a lot. are hey, a big tech nerd but you walked into the spot from here is potable these nerds these nerds nerd out a lot go taylor
0: go hunter